You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hanging with you on CBS Sports Radio. I got another 40 minutes or so uh, left before I uh, hand it off. Appreciate you being tuned. Nice mixture today. We've been so football heavy these last couple of weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. Good to be able to spread it out, put some basketball in. Yeah, some football stuff still, but some baseball stuff. Because earlier today, we found out that the big deal between the Red Sox and the Dodgers was on life support at least. And maybe worse than that, it could actually be dead. Let's see how our next guest describes it, because he's going to need to do so for the next couple of days. For the Boston Sports Journal, Red Sox beat writer Sean McAdam hops aboard CBS Sports Radio. Sean, how would you describe the big deal that we thought was done between the Red Sox and the Dodgers and the Twins, which is the issue right now? How would you describe it at this stage? Jody, I think you did a nice job in describing it on life support at best. I think that... uh, (laughs) That pretty much sums it up. It certainly seems as if the Twins have washed their hands of this. Uh, to recap for the uninitiated, uh, the Red Sox were going to trade uh, Mookie Betts, David Price, and a, somewhere around $45 million or so to the Los Angeles Dodgers and get outfielder Alex Verdugo back and via the Minnesota Twins, Brozdar Gratterall, a young, highly touted, 21-year-old pitching prospect who the Dodgers had gone out and obtained at the expense of Kenta Maeda to help satisfy the Red Sox need for a second piece and a prospect. Um, The Red Sox were unhappy about uh, the medicals as they looked at uh, Gratterall's uh, physical stuff. He had a shoulder impingement that sidelined him for a bit last year. He also is a few years removed from Tommy John, although I'm, uh, I, I think that's less of an issue. That seems to be enough in the rearview mirror. But um, they didn't like what they saw and particularly didn't think that he uh, perhaps had the durability to become the starting pitching prospect they had envisioned. And that might be uh, because of durability issues and physical limitations might be limited to a bullpen role. The Red Sox were unhappy about that. They tried to figure something out with the Twins. Uh, The Twins insisted that Gratterall was healthy, saw no need to sweeten or change or augment their offer. And so they have told, uh, reportedly, according to the Minneapolis Star Tribune, the the Dodgers, uh, that they want to negate the Maeda uh, for Gratterall part of this. So that leaves the Red Sox with Alex Verdugo to show for one of the two or three best position players in the game, a good veteran starting pitcher, and almost $50 million in cash. Clearly not a good return. So the Red Sox and Dodgers are currently trying to salvage the rest of this, and where it goes from here is anyone's guess. Good uh, evaluation of the deal. Thank you for that. Uh, Quick step back, half step back. Is there a chance that the Dodgers and the Twins just make the trade that they've got in place? Did the Dodgers like Gladwell, or was that just the Red Sox who liked them? If yeah, they it, decided it, they move on from Maeda, that was, yeah, that 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 part of the deal was done to satisfy the Red Sox. Right, the Dodgers uh, did not want to give up uh, any of their top prospects, but said, "Tell you what, 
Uh, you like this guy with the twins? We'll go out and take care of that part of it and then send him your way, and that takes care of, you know, you're happy now. You have a young outfielder and a young pitching prospect. Uh, we unload a little bit of guaranteed money to a veteran guy like Maeda. And the unspoken part of this, uh, not unspoken, but the sort of tertiary part of this, is, of course, the fact that the Dodgers and Angels have a separate deal that would send Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling to the Angels for a couple of prospects. That's being done to uh, rid the Dodgers of Peterson's money and, to a lesser extent, Stripling, so that the $43 million or so they'd be taking on an obligation from Price and Betts would allow them to remain under the CBT threshold. And that, too, is in jeopardy because um, they're not about to trade Peterson away if they don't have an outfielder to replace him. So there's a lot of moving parts here, which explains why we're on day five and no resolution. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm wondering, Jody, did your dad ever have one of these? Probably not. No, he just he'd pick up the phone. If he couldn't get it done in 20 minutes, he hung up and <laughs> moved on to the next move. It was a simpler time. Yes, it, it was. Uh, Sean McAdam, uh, Boston uh, Red Sox beat writer for the Boston Sports Journal, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so does do the Dodgers now continue to offer Kenta Maeda and say, okay, yeah, we could do this, but hold on, we got to get the Red Sox on the other line. Because if they're just going to plug in someone for the twin pitcher with the questionable medicals that are being pulled out, it's going to be a three-team deal, which means they're going to have to have uh, conference calls to get something like this done. Yeah, I mean, the Red Sox obviously had identified Gratterall as a guy they liked. That wasn't, you know, the Dodgers didn't do that blindly and say, oh, look who we found. Would you be interested in this guy? Uh, obviously, it was somebody the Red Sox had targeted. They didn't have the veteran starting pitcher to appease the Twins to make that deal directly. So as happens with these three-team deals, the Dodgers took care of that end of it for them. Uh, and it's obvious, too, that uh, were they to repeat that, the Red Sox would again have to identify and approve of something the Dodgers did beforehand. Okay, um, what if we were able to go out and trade with Team X and get this pitcher for Maeda or maybe somebody else uh, to, to satisfy our end and then ship him your way? But ultimately, you know, the Red Sox are the ones that have to be satisfied with what the Dodgers do. Uh, they have to have some input here or else you know, you, you're at another dead end. Do you believe that there are other teams that can get into the mix that may like a Maeda? And, oh, by the way, he's got a pretty good contract. He only yeah, gets... I, I mean, you know, he's he's kind of a, you know, maybe a number four guy, maybe on some teams a number three, a veteran guy in his early 30s who was signed to, as you said, uh, a, a very modest deal, I think, for the next three seasons. Yeah. Um, and uh, there were... They were it would seem as though there are teams that would be interested in him, but the Twins were a particularly good fit because uh, they're in a position now where they think that uh, you know it's time to win for them. They obviously won the division uh, this past year and got, uh, as is a right of spring in Minnesota or a right of fall, they got eliminated by the Yankees in the postseason. That seems to happen every time the Twins get into the postseason now, but the Twins are in win-now mode, and they wanted uh, a, a veteran starter that could, you know, add to uh, the 
the Barrios and um, uh, and uh, Odorizzi and some of the veteran guys they have on their staff. So uh, if there's another team that fits that profile and happens to have um, one would presume a starting pitcher is what the Red Sox are after here. It's the one thing that they haven't developed well much on their own. Uh, their farm system has been incredibly productive on the position player side. There are nights when they can field a wholly um, homegrown team at at every single position, from Vasquez behind the plate to Devers at third to Bogarts at short to Benintendi, Bradley, and Betts in the outfield. They've done a remarkable job developing position players. They've done a lousy job developing starting pitching. Right. They really haven't brought anyone to the big league since Clay Buckholtz, uh, who's had any kind of impact for them in the rotation. So one would presume that getting the outfielder uh, to fill in and have control for the few years in Verdugo, they would be looking for a pitcher. So, um, you know, that then it's up to what the, what the Dodgers could find. If everything falls apart, the Red Sox could then – returned some talks to the San Diego Padres. They were the other team that had an interest in Betts. The problem there is they want the Red Sox to take about $60 million or at least a portion of the $60 million due Will Myers, and that just gets complicated for the Red Sox who are trying to cut salary, not add it. So uh, there's no easy solution here, no matter where you turn, uh, the Dodgers either have to go out and get a pitcher the Red Sox approve of, or the Red Sox have to start over again because it, it would be a very difficult thing for David Price and Mookie Betts to show up in Fort Myers next week after all that's gone on in the last week. So uh, give me a percentage. The Red Sox must trade at least one of. I won't even group them together. I'll let you take them separately or just one and one comes back. Either bets and or bets and price have to be gone before the season starts. What percentage would you put on that? That has to happen. I I, I mean, I'd say, you know, it's got to be north of 80 or 90 percent. I I just think it's an untenable situation to put those guys in when they know that the the team had uh i mean it, it you know for for bets it's a little bit more of a business transaction right because he's headed to free agency he's got a year of control left they have not been able to bridge the gap with the red sox on an extension and he knew that this was a possibility that uh, the red sox could move him this winter rather than have him play out free agency and then be given only a fourth-round draft pick in compensation if he signs elsewhere next year. Price is a little more um, problematic because he's got three years and $96 million remaining, and he's also had something of a, uh, of a rockier existence in Boston. Betts is an immensely popular player, and why wouldn't he be as one of the handful of best players in the game? No controversy surrounding him. Uh, Price is different. He's had some run-ins. Um, he's, he's a guy that all, hasn't always demonstrated happiness about being in Boston in the first place. And to have him come back knowing that he was, you know, uh, halfway traded to the Dodgers across the country to the other league and then try to mollify him, I, as I said, I don't see how they can have either of those guys come back. And, and of course, that puts them... Uh, behind the eight ball in terms of leverage when teams know that they're now desperate to get something done and get something in return 
because it's untenable to have them both come back, then maybe they try to take advantage of that and lowball the Red Sox in their offer. Understood. All right, uh, do me a favor. If you talk to Bloom either later tonight or tomorrow morning, tell him to go to his uh, scouting reports on the Phillies prospects. Uh, Spencer Howard, their best overall prospect, best top pitching prospect, I don't think would be in a deal. But any other pitcher in the Philly organization for me would be on the table because I think the Phillies could really use a guy like Kenta Maeda. You talk about a team that wants to play for right now and needs to upgrade their rotation. Minnesota is one. I would see Philadelphia as another. Yeah, so. that makes some sense given the, um, the you know the, the fact that the Phillies are – are, uh, have had disappointing uh, Septembers the last two years. They've got a new manager. Uh, they've got the defending champs in their division. Uh, they've got the Braves on the rise. They've got the Mets to worry about. So um, I, I don't know that uh, any general manager, much less a new one here, is going to take my advice, but duly noted. Yeah, pass, that, pass along that to Jaime when you get him on the phone later tonight. Hey, great stuff, Sean. Always fun. Always a pleasure. You always bring insight. Thanks for hopping on with us tonight. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jody. Sean McAdam, beat writer for the Red Sox Boston Sports Journal here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.